It be too late to alter course, matey. And there be plundering pirates lurking in every cove. And mark well me words, matey. Dead men tell no tales. <laughs> the code is more what you call guidelines than actual rules. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, a daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from scottartis.com. And I'm Heather Artis from blackpearlminute.com. Thanks for joining us for Minute 101 of The Curse of the Black Pearl. I got a little squeaky there. You're always squeaky, except when you have your regular voice. This is Heather Artis. (laughs) What can I say but wow? Episode 101. How crazy is this that we have been talking Pirates of the Caribbean for 101 episodes? This is absolutely crazy. It is. Oh, wait. Wait a second. Wait. Uh, we're on Earth 1 and not in some other universe. So we celebrate round numbers here, actually. Oh. So forget that. Okay, just forget that. It was just a shout out to those from the multiverse. Thanks for joining us. Earth 1? What are you pulling Flash in here or hey, something? this is... I know it's Disney and it's Marvel, but okay, we have, yeah, some DC integration here. Yeah. DC Comics integration. <laughs> the multiverse, Earth One, all those things. For us on this little old blue marble, we're actually wrapping up the week. Settling in for the weekend and giving you a break from Heather. It's a dual package with us here. So although you can't wait to hear me spew some Pirates of the Caribbean wisdom, I do recognize that you actually need to take a few days off from Heather. And my squeaky voice. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, you're really not that lucky. We will be releasing a couple of weekend episodes. One talking all things Pirates of the Caribbean with the guys over at Pele Media that I believe is slated for a Saturday release date. So you can check them out at patreon.com slash Pele Media. And we will then be releasing our very own review of Dead Men Tell No Tales on Sunday. Notice I put that on Sunday. It's a weekend. But we never really have our act together because we're kind of pirate-like. So I figured, why not bump it to the very last day of the weekend? That way it was there. Yeah, we have to get it going and you know it. Don't give me the eyeballs. So answering some (laughs) listener questions is what we plan to do. All about the movie. Maybe say, trying to answer some questions probably about Dead Men Tell No Tales. Tackling our thoughts on the movie and not holding back any spoilers. It will be a spoiler episode. Seriously? Just a week after it opened? A week after. We'll be on the late show. We gave our reactions already. This one will have just a disclaimer, though, so that they know that there's spoilers ahead. But if you care about that sort of thing, put the episode aside until after you watch the movie, and then you can come back to it. So in essence, you could actually hear my sparkling voice, or my sparkling singing voice, (laughs) for seven days in a row if you actually were to listen to all five episodes for the week. The Saturday Pele Media show, and then our Sunday show for the review. So I thought you were going to sing to us again today. I'm not going to sing to us again today. They just know that it's naturally sparkling and that I sing and sing rather well from Got what it. everybody's heard. I think we did have one listener, Adam, actually ask if I was okay. And I don't know how to really take that. He then commented something about that's why he drinks. So I don't know if I <laughs> drove him to drink or he's drinking to just... Be able to get through a podcast with my singing. But I really can't believe that that's actually the case. Because like I said, it's like a silk pillow on his ears. 
And all of you out there. Oh, yeah. How dare you? So anyways, my voice, seven days in a row. Now that's something to get excited about. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So without further ado, I think it's minute time. Okay. Minute the, 101. Thanks for that announcement. Oh. The previous minute. What are you doing? Obviously, she's had too much rum. Where's the rum gone? Oh, Heather has it all. That's why. <laughs> Got a stash over here. A cash. The previous minute may have ended with the HMS Dauntless saving the day, but there was only one real bit of information we needed to remember and contemplate. Why is the rum gone? Minute 101 begins with Governor Weatherby Swan responding to his daughter, Elizabeth Swan. No, you're safe now. We return to Port Royal immediately, not gallivanting after pirates. Elizabeth fires back. Then we condemn him to death. Governor says the boy's fate is regrettable, but then again, so is his decision to engage in piracy. The minute ends with Governor Swan saying, Elizabeth, are you accepting the Commodore's proposal? Her answer is, I am, as Governor and Norrington look on. It's good to see our Port Royal buddies back in action. Governor Swan, Norrington, can't forget Mulroy and Murtog. It's a nice little reunion party yes. on the Dauntless there, I thought. There's an interesting partnership that actually takes place on the Dauntless. It's between Elizabeth and Jack. Oh, I thought you were saying Elizabeth and Norrington. No, that's later. But I say that because they are they really both come together. Not in like getting lucky in this way that Jack <laughs> wanted them to come together. So it's not anything like that, you dirty-minded people. But they unite forces to persuade Norrington to go after Barbosa. Jack wants them to take him to the Pearl, obviously. Yes. He's buttering Norrington up with the thought of capturing the last true pirate threat in the Caribbean. You could get the Pearl. The Black Pearl could all be yours. How can you pass that up? Well, he does. Elizabeth is standing behind Jack. Boy, look at the symbolism there, standing behind him. Giving her nonverbal approval of the plan. She's backing him up. But her reason is to save Will. I mean, it's not to go after the ship, but, you know, it's kind of a coming together there. It's this camaraderie to achieve their each of their separate goals. It's like a mutualism thing to bring in some biology there. They each benefit if they go after Norrington. Or yes. Not Norrington. After Will. They persuade Norrington to go after the Pearl, and then they each benefit. We'll just say it like that. And then there's a win-win scenario going on. Not a win-win-win, though. Not a win-win-win, office people, for everybody that likes the office. The funny part is, is that they are both partnering up here, but when they actually needed to partner up the most, when it had like the biggest impact on their immediate survival, they couldn't see eye to eye or they couldn't even come up with a win-win plan or a win-win-win plan, as Heather would say. (laughs) Now that survival is not at the top of the list, then they come together. What the hell's going on here? It's really kind of like this interesting character twist or this interesting twist between them. Obviously, survival wasn't as important, especially (laughs) to Jack. But now that he's saved and the Pearl is there again, or potentially to go get the Pearl, now he's ready to partner up with her and start to back her up. Yeah. Well, the Pearl is his freedom. Yeah, and that's definitely something I want to talk about. 
But the big part here is that unfortunately Elizabeth realizes she has to play the ace in the hole card here. I'll marry you if you go after the pearl so we can save Will. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Norrington's a bit shocked about this answer. Yeah, he is. And there's it's not just that, but I, I think if because I like the symbolism stuff. So if we look at the whole big picture, yeah. and for those out there in the studio, I'm kind of doing my hands for like the whole picture here. The whole world is in my hands kind of deal. Got the whole wide world. I said my singing voice was silky oh. smooth, not yours. How dare you? Don't try to upstage me. <laughs> Walk the plank. There's a lot of striving for freedom moments or symbols in this particular minute. The first and the most obvious, obvious, the first and the most obvious, obviously, that doesn't even make sense. Is that like negate? Is that like two negatives? Uh, Yeah. Is something obvious, obviously? No, that doesn't make sense. But it's the rescue from Rum Runner's Isle. It's free from being marooned. There you go. The first big symbol is the obvious one. They're off the island. They're free from being trapped there. Jack wants the pearl, his ship. And that's to restore his freedom. Elizabeth wants her love. Exactly. Elizabeth wants to save Will and restore his freedom from Barbosa. Elizabeth is essentially proclaiming her freedom from her class and her father by demanding they save Will. Which is basically exclaiming her love for Will. I mean, right? Yeah. Her free will. Her ability to choose who she loves. That's what she's kind of rebelling against and proclaiming there. So more freedom. But then she's willing to give up her freedom and marry Norrington to ensure Will has his. It's kind of like that, if you love something, set it free idea. Yeah. So there's just so much kind of this back and forth symbolic freedom reading into things, if you want to say that stuff going on there, which I thought was pretty cool. But then she won't have her freedom. So she's giving up her freedom for Will's freedom. Exactly. Like I said. Or Will's possible freedom. Because even if they capture him, is he considered pirate now? Or if they get him? It's a good question, Mm because obviously Governor... Swan said that it was his decision to engage in piracy. That was a regrettable situation for him. So they do see him as pirate. Right. I mean, he stole the HMS Interceptor. The frickin' Interceptor is now pieces. The flagship of the Royal Navy is but mere wood splinters floating on the ocean. Some flotsam. Flotsam? Flotsam. It's just out there. And Norrington, I don't even know if they know that the Interceptor's been toasted. They could just think it's out there sailing around, but Jack's going to have to break the news or Elizabeth or Will, somebody is. And Norrington's just going to be like, oh, my God, I got to go back to England. Yeah, right. Well, we not, not only, only lost the Interceptor, but they, pirates sunk it. Yeah. And they stole it right from out from under us here. Yeah. We let him get away because we underestimated the pirate when they should have estimated him. <laughs> Another office reference. Well, we're on the office reference role today so i thought i'd throw it in but yeah so there's a whole bunch of freedom stuff going on here and governor swan really is clearly thrilled that elizabeth is willing to accept norrington's proposal yeah he forgot all about the pirate danger stuff that he was talking about just well she's gonna sail back to port royal now it's like oh oh we can sail back into danger by pursuing pirates (laughs) i mean his main concern is wow you are accepting his proposal how wonderful not the Wait, didn't I just say we should get back to Port Royal immediately? But now everything's changed. Like, huh. It's all honky-dory now. You know what? I think I could go after some pirates. <laughs> I'll How take that immortal- I'll take that pirate adventure. Yeah. Sign me up. Oh, did you say immortal skeleton pirates? <laughs> oh, no, that's okay. We can, we can handle that. <laughs> the important part here is that Elizabeth wants to marry Norrington and not that Will Turner boy. That boy that's always in his blacksmith shop. 
hammering a zingot. We can't have that. I mean, how wonderful is this situation? They just come back and Governor Swan is already eyeballing her to, to not, I mean, mind you, she did bring it up. Right. But he really changed his tune pretty quickly. Like, oh, yeah. You know, honey, you should, let's just get back to Port Royal and we can sort this all out. You can take a few days and gather up. No, there's none of that. There's why, hands down. Uh, do we have a chaplain on board? Yeah, oh, exactly. Wait, Captain? Cap- we can just marry it up. Probably Governor Swan can marry people. I'll marry you right here, Elizabeth. Jack can marry him. Yeah, there's a lot of captains floating around. Exactly. They could be married. What I did find interesting is this dramatic use of silence right after Governor Swan finishes his line about accepting Norrington's proposal of marriage. Approximately four seconds go by before Elizabeth finally pipes up with the very simple reply, I am. Do you blame her? No, but I just thought they did a really good job I mean, she obviously there. jumped off the turret or whatever that thing a was. A turret? I don't know. <laughs> she jumps off the, the... Off the fort? Fort to get away from even answering this question. Yeah, she Because she, she didn't want to marry him. She fled the scene. Fled the scene. And now she's offering to marry him just to get Will back. But is she playing pirate? And this is... She learned something from Barbosa. And she's not really going to marry Norrington. She's going to find a way out of it. Well, that's so a good it's, You know, idea. she's pausing there. Damn. Darn it. I got to admit, I'm going to marry this guy. How am I going to get out of this? You know, it's all going through her head. I, I think she might be thinking that maybe. I mean, we could probably say she is. But I think she's a stand-up, honorable woman enough that she would go through with it if they saved Will. That she would honor her pledge. I don't know. To do that. I do. Maybe. I don't think she's Barbosa trickster. I think she and Will are like on the same page of honorable people and they do as their word suggests. And I think that she would stand up and say, you know what? I agreed to marry you. She might not be happy about it, but I think she would go through with it if it came down to that. I mean, poor Norrington, if she's not happy about marrying him. Well, that's true. I'm, I'm seriously, but... I think that the whole, because you already derailed my four seconds pause thing into further stuff, but I think it really is kind of like this magnificent scene because it really does show, like you were saying, this whole idea is not something she's taking lightly, but really contemplating it, contemplating all the ramifications of this decision. Because getting back to what we were talking about freedom, she's giving up her life and her freedom. I mean, not that Norrington is a bad dude. No, but he's not not her dude. Right. And finally answers, not with an enthusiastic yes or hell yeah, but I, I am. am. I am. I <laughs> After mean, a long pause. Yeah, Governor Swan has the excitement written all over his face. And he's thinking that this whole Will Turner crush is done now. Meanwhile, Norrington is quite serious and, like you said, shocked, I think. Yeah. He has that matter of fact look on his face. It's the, I almost get the feeling his honor is getting in the way of him a bit. That notion that he is going to win on a technicality, her hand in marriage. Well, yeah. I mean, he's the great pirate hunter of the Caribbean. He's a military strategist, and he's lost to Will in terms of the heart, but then he wins against Will because of the heart. Right. You hear that crazy stuff going yes, on there? Yes, I got it, That's though. pirate poetry that I just had there. Yeah, because he has to be, she got on the ship. She wants us to go. She's all raring to go to go get Will. And then all of a sudden she says, oh, if you go get him, I'll marry you. Well, that's just a, that's not an excited marriage, getting into a relationship type thing. No, of course you not. Know, but, and, but but Norrington is 
that by the book guy and a logical thinker, he's not the rash Will Turner goes by his heart necessarily. I'm not saying he's a robot and doesn't have feelings. He's just more of a, this is, this is practical and what is best. Yeah. I know what's best for you. And I think that he's going to take that win. He'll take that win from Will, even though she may not be really thrilled about it yet. Because I bet you $1,000, he's the type of person that would say, but you'll grow to love me. Or well, we'll her grow dad to, would definitely well, her say, dad that. Would say that. But I think that Norrington would say that as well, that we'll grow to love each other. Or at least yeah. that's what I kind of think he believes. I think that he because would say it, that. Because it was also a thing of the times, too. Yeah. You but know. unless he has some kind of character arc or changes or really sees something, he would do that. Yeah. He would take her hand in marriage for that. And right. And then they could live their happy lives or at least that facade of a happy life. Right. As she really snuck out to the blacksmith shop every night. Jeez. Little hammer action. Wow. Arr! She wants what to are you watch doing Will. Here, bud? I said she wanted to watch Will. Make some swords. Talking about some euphemisms. No, she just wanted to see sword making. Uh-huh. That's what you meant. Yeah, uh-huh. what do you mean? That's exactly what I meant. What about the guy sleeping in the corner? Uh, he goes to the he goes to the tavern at night. Oh, okay. Yeah, she just all oh, that's all. She just wanted to see a hot poker <laughs> go into in and out of the water. Really? Yeah. That's Jeez, all I'm saying. Dude. What? I'm just saying the blacksmith stuff. Goodness. No, your mind is in the gutter, obviously. Anybody out there who took that the wrong way, I know what you're thinking. I know where your mind is. It's just like Well, come on now. She just wants to see sword making. That's all. Okay. Some hammering away. (laughs) Again and again. (laughs) It's really the end of the week then. Goodness. Scott's had too much room tonight. I have not. Are you ready to move on to really bad eggs or do you have something else that you wanted to talk about? If you want to no, talk I'm about ready stuff, for Willy Bad Eggs. Willy Bad Eggs? <laughs> Willy Bad Eggs. Somebody's really hammered. Really Bad Eggs. Somebody's already at Denny's. <laughs> They've had the drinks and the post-drinking. So, They're at Denny's now having some eggs. It's the end of the it's week. It's really early it? in the morning. It's like 2 in the morning and this is the only place open. And you can go in there drunk and have some eggs. <laughs> it's been a rough short week. so <laughs> That it has. Well, if we're ready then, I mean that's... Let's move on to Really Bad Eggs. And that's our weekly segment where we highlight our two favorite lines from the last five minutes. And then we give them a chat. Heather, what do you have for us today? I'm going with the Giddy Jack. Giddy Jack. Yeah. He says, he says, when I get the pearl back, I'm going to teach it to the whole crew. crew, And we'll sing it all the time. Because he's so excited about the song. You should have said it slurring. In a rum-induced well, voice. Well, I should have. Well, almost got there. That's true. Just your normal speaking. <laughs> just Heather's normal reading something. To read a line, it sounds like she's actually hammered. Arg, grog. Poor Heather. Oh. No, there's no drinking. Oh, you're not drinking. Ooh. Faux pas. <laughs> That's not bad. I mean, this it's kind of where his head's at. It's his dream. That's how I kind of take it. Yeah. This is he's his, all giddy he's about daydreaming it. about being on the pearl because he hasn't had his ship back. The song is resonating with him. It's been ten years since he's had his ship, uh huh. Or as far as we know, a and ship except the Jolly Mon and the crew. You, you don't want that crew back though. But he has another new crew. Yeah, and yeah. So it's his. This is a daydream time. He's all giddy he's about being about back it. on the pearl. He's Dreaming about being back on the Pearl, being with Gibbs, and being with his new crew, and teaching teaching them all this wonderful song 
about really bad eggs. That's because the song is really catchy. It is. We've had people tell us that hear that, that sing it. When we played it on the show or we do a little yeah. thing, that they just kind of dream about it because they hear it all <laughs> We the all time. dream about going to Disneyland and being on the ride. Exactly. <laughs> this week really did have a lot of serious moments. And I was prepared to say that really what happened to us. It's like this week that we celebrated a 100th episode. I was going... You know, in the previous ones, we really haven't had a lot of that scandalous talk that you bring in. All those double entendres that you just throw out. The euphemisms that you're so famous for. And I was like, really feeling like, wow, I have this feeling we let everybody down. And I was thinking, man, we also really rode that high horse while there was like a perfectly treasure mound full of good lowbrow things we could have thrown in. And then I was going to say, well, I can't believe we actually sunk to the level of intellect. And that was ridiculous. We're but, pirates. But we actually came through towards the end of the week and really beefed up some of those euphemisms. And Somebody I'm pretty proud did. of ourselves. Yeah. I don't know why your mind is in the gutter so much. Uh-huh. We have a ton of new listeners. We lured them in with candy and rum. And then we started to get really serious and we were like giving them vegetables. Yeah. So I was really ready to apologize, like officially apologize for all that all too serious talk and stuff during the week. But no, you know what? (laughs) (laughs) But you know, we tugged at ourselves a little bit. And we found the time and the ability. We made it happen. Like Yoda says, do or do not. There is no try kind of thing. Yeah. We didn't try. We made euphemisms happen. We did. We did it. You did it. I'm pretty proud of myself. And here too. So back to my favorite line, since I really don't have to apologize because we pulled one out here. Pulled a couple out. That we did. Back and forth. It's from Elizabeth talking to Jack. She says, Jack, it must be terrible for you to be trapped on this island. That's my line of the week. For why? Because really this... Yeah, I gotta go here. We gotta get back to the symbolism. It's a symbolic statement, not just for Jack, but also for Elizabeth and maybe for all of us actually too. It's not about the physical island, but the idea that Jack is always on an island and trapped without his ship. So Mm. if he doesn't have his ship... He's on an island, mentally. His black pearl is that freedom which we've talked about. So he's on an island, trapped. Elizabeth is trapped in her class, that high society stuff, and pressure to marry Norrington and give up her love for Will. And any of us really can create our own islands and trap ourselves. I am trapped. It's like a... (laughs) It's like a Schoolhouse Rock episode for adults. (laughs) Or, you know, there's so many like... A billion possible situations that can physically or mentally trap us and prevent us from achieving what we want. Oh, I know. How dare you? One sits in this room with me. That's our dogs, Froggy and Banjo. (laughs) Oh. It really is, like, terrible for Jack. It's terrible for Elizabeth because of this lack of freedom that they're trapped on these islands. But it's also for anyone else to be trapped on their island. Although I would definitely give a lot of cash and anything to be living on Petite Tabac, or if you want to call it Rum Runner's Isle yeah. right now. I'll, I'll take that place. Not Maroon there. Okay, maybe Maroon there hey, is I'm just good. fine. As long as I had fresh water and drink and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Fresh water and drink. I forgot about the food. I guess I'm just really focused in on having the rum there too. But I can fish. I've seen you fish. <laughs> that won't <true>. happen. <laughs> you could clean the fish. I'll eat driftwood. There you go. Coconuts all the time. <laughs> Maybe Banjo could coach fish. He possibly could. 
But yeah, so that's why I went with it. Kind of that symbolic thing. And we can end on that highbrow note since you brought us down to this level that really is so below us. And I just wanted to give everybody that boost of confidence to try and get off their own island somehow. Get off your own island. And and go for it. Enjoy your life. Yeah. So now bring me some rum, beast. (laughs) But all the rum's gone. Exactly. And that's a shame, actually. It is. So unless you have anything else, I say we wrap it up. That's all I have for the week. We'll be back on Monday with Minute 102 of The Curse of the Black Pearl. And we'll be invading your weekend with a bonus episode reviewing Dead Men Tell No Tales. All of this great content. I mean, listen to all of this great content. Okay, you got me. Mediocre content. I thought I could pull something over on you at the last very second, but it didn't. It's just mediocre content. So look at all this mediocre content on Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Until then, let's keep the horns swoggling to a minimum. No surprise to find you in the tavern with a tankard full of rum in your hand. What was that for? You said you were going to meet me at the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute Cursed Listeners Crew Facebook group hours ago. I was? Mother's love! Why'd you slap me again? That's for not reminding people how to contact us. Get to it, you filthy bilge rat! Man, I obviously get no respect around here. Arr! So, Scallywags, thanks for listening. If you like the show... Give us a review on iTunes. It helps us out, and we greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment? Give us a call at 8637-PIRATE. We just might play your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. And don't forget to join the post-episode brawls on Facebook, our Facebook listeners group, and on Twitter. If you're interested in best-of clips, you can find us on SoundCloud. All the links are on blackpearlminute.com. It's that easy. It's that easy.